0: what is going on everybody welcome to episode one of the cause and effect podcast i'm your host trader Cause, um, and today we have a very special guest he is the founder of one of the most hyped mints we've seen in a while on solana and when i decided to start this podcast one of the main reasons was that i think one of the absolute best ways you can evaluate an nft project is by speaking with the founders but the issue is not a lot of people have the accessibility to do that and if you're new to this space you're not really just going to be able to have a call with the founder of a hyped up mint and so that's where i want to come in and kind of be the spokesperson for some people in the community and help other people have the opportunity to evaluate projects so without further ado welcome Surgic, to the podcast
1: thank you man thank you so much for having me um super stoked to be the uh, the first guest I, I know right that.
0: yeah well it's it's great to have you pretty pumped um so let's just uh let's jump right into it you're the founder of Trippin' apes um mm-hmm. how did you how'd you get into crypto and also like the nft space specifically or did you jump right into that
1: um no so i've been into crypto for a while i was in the uh, infamous 2017 run so but i but i got in that you know it was a total noob situation with that like i got into um the 2017 run in like maybe late November, early December. So, I mean, we were damn near the top and, you know, I was just buying random shit. I mean, back then the the hot things were, uh, I was like Iota, Verge, Tron. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I still have some Iota. Actually. Yeah. I mean, if those <laughs> names for a while just like made me tremble and like I won't touch them. I still will not touch those. Um, right. So, um, but yeah, I got into it then, saw everything just go crazy and I was like, oh my God, I'm going to be rich. I'm just going to hold this. And yeah, everything went down like 99%. And I held the bag pretty much all the way to this run, sold all my stuff. I, and in between that, I learned a lot about crypto. Um, and I really, really got back in. Um, I always checked the price. I always was kind of buying, but um, that COVID dip, I bought the shit out of that COVID dip. I think I got Bitcoin at like 3,600, like really, really low on that That's dip. That's awesome. Um, and then ever since then, so I'll get into this, I'm sure, in the podcast, but my job is related to the entertainment world, the live entertainment world. So mm-hmm. COVID completely destroyed my industry. I kind of had like a year off, um, which to be honest was kind of awesome. But um, so I, I had this time off and I would just like sit around and um, learn trading strategies. And so, yeah, I was very big into actual like trading on the crypto markets and got into leverage trading, um, got liquidated one time while I was at a Vegas club so after that oh, and like a like a pretty substantial liquidation so after that i completely stopped um liquidation or excuse me um leverage trading and then i got really into um shit coins with uh, actually my co-founder uh danny D- danny Token. um mm-hmm. we would shit coin i mean we it was just an all-day thing for us like um and so we did that and that was just last summer 2017 you know um starting with all the safe shit, right so i um I had a couple of festivals that actually did play out in 2021. And so I was really busy from like August to the end of September. So I got back to Danny in like, like I was so busy. I could like barely even talk to him. So I got back to him in like October It's like, yo, like, where are we at? Like, let's get, get into some pre-sales and do some shit And, um, and he's like, no, bro, it's, it's, it's all NFTs now. And so, you know, I obviously knew what it was. I actually had a good friend who I was hanging out with or talking to a lot, at least. When they were announcing uh, launching their project on ETH, uh, Hall of Fame Goat Lodge, which actually is one of the three projects that used Board Apes um, designers, which was kind of cool. Um, okay. So I kind of saw the process of making a project early. I just hadn't had the time to dig into NFT and start minting and anything like that. So um, really dove in in October. Um, and for me, honestly, like, I mean, I still have crypto and I just hold it. I don't trade or anything. I honestly barely watch the charts anymore. But um, yeah, it, since then, it's really just been NFTs, just yeah. stacking a portfolio, learning how the, system, the ecosystem works and everything.
0: Yeah, so long-term crypto bull just hanging on to the holdings and doing yeah. NFT stuff day to day.
1: Yeah, I mean, and I'm trying to get better about taking profits. You know, I think that's what yeah. everyone needs to get better about, um, and I have. So, um, you know, this past dip hasn't been as brutal, but, you know, it's it's never that fun.
0: Yeah, seriously. Yeah, you kind of start getting... Getting numb to it, I think. I mean, we, we it sounds like we both kind of got into into crypto around the same time. That big run up in 2017. So mm-hmm. we've gone through some pretty uh, some pretty brutal drops. And like you said, they're not they're not fun at all. But it's like it kind of just feels like another day in the market once you've been through like five of these 20 percent down days. The Luna stuff was unique. That was though. Crazy. I've never seen yeah, that. That
1: was I don't wild. Think any and, of must have. And yeah, this this last drop literally wouldn't have even phased me at all. If, if I wasn't trying to mint a, a nft project during it right but uh, right so that's that's become interesting
0: yeah no that that is and I mean I have some theories about how nfts and stuff could perform during this but we can get into that later mm-hmm. main point I mean I think we we still have seen some decent volume in the nft space I just think like on the actual days where everything is nuking it's a complete mess yeah. um, but if you survive those like a few days after, I mean, even today, we're seeing okay bears make a run to gods or d gods. are doing well too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think I think it'll be all right. Um, the, yeah, I stuff, do this, think. Oh, go ahead. Sorry,
1: go ahead. I was gonna say the sentiment's kind of changing again. You know, like three, four days ago, I mean, crypto Twitter, NFT Twitter was just like, man, it was like brutal to even be on. It, mm-hmm. it was just so depressing. And now everyone's back to like, okay, you know, what are we minting? Yeah, d gods are running. Bears just hit an all time high. Um, so yeah, I, I think, I think it just takes a little time after those dips for everyone to kind of get their bearings straight and get their head straight. So uh, yeah. I think we're, I think we're going to be, I think we're going to be doing pretty well moving forward. I, I think
0: so too. And I, my personal opinion, I also am most of a, more so a trader got into NFT stuff around a year ago, but um from a macro perspective i still kind of think the market is going to just have quite a bit of ranging like i think we had yeah. a ton of volatility and now i think the market is just going to be super boring for a while mm-hmm. and it brings me back to 2018 when we were just consolidating above 6k for ages finally had the drop and then when bitcoin's consolidating around 3k i mean that was those were some of the most boring days in crypto other than the the drop itself but volatility was just so dried up and i remember me and my buddies were like what do we even do like you can't trade this right and so we started trading like equities commodities forex mm-hmm. because like we were just like we want something to do during this time um and now i think nfts are kind of the perfect filler for that you know it's like yeah no one needs to leave crypto to go do something else when the market conditions are super boring it's like, all right, we'll just do some stuff in the NFT space, and it takes a lot less money for an NFT project to pump. So it's not like you need perfect macroeconomic conditions for NFTs to go on runs here and there.
1: Exactly, I, I I feel the same way. I mean, I posted the other day that like NFTs are really still the only thing printing. Like, you're 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 not gonna go buy you know BNB or whatever, even really ETH. I mean, I mean, I guess ETH is probably up ten percent in the past. You know. Um, couple one one or two days I think it was 1800 mm-hmm. recently but like if you're trying to get some X's like yeah it's 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 NFTs right now I mean right yeah no coin is run, gonna yeah. like 5x you know? right yeah so yeah I think I think it's cool that we have this like other sector of crypto where it, it feels it's certainly connected but it also feels kind of separated it's just there's a lot of people that are in enough N- yeah I think there's a lot of people that are in NFTs that don't watch the Bitcoin chart I mean they should but you know, it's it's really like a separate game to them. It's just kind of fueled by crypto.
0: Right. Definitely. And yeah, I, I completely agree. And so going back to your background a little bit, I kind of think there's this shift in people starting NFT projects who actually have experience with that type of thing in real life that is mm-hmm. gonna kind of turn into like, I don't know, a little bit of a meta. Um, I'm sure you saw Moonbirds. Oh yeah. All the hype oh, yeah. with them and yep. it's like Kevin Rose is this absolute beast of a builder like founded a few companies, has a multi-billion dollar VC firm, like things like that. Just a legit like builder in person. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, all right, well why wouldn't you want to bet on someone like that? And then you have a background in the entertainment space with like branding, team building, like um I remember you mentioned like being a music festival stuff and dj and like Mm -hmm. it just seems like someone with actual background in a industry that could somewhat translate with like you're running teams for music festivals things like that like managing groups of people could translate well to managing like a team for an nft project and it's not like the 18 year old kid who's in his last year of high school in his parents basement like i'm going to start an nft project and make some quick money
1: Right. And and I think there's there's kind of space for both of those. Like, you know, um, I think it it becomes kind of easy to tell like which projects are maybe I don't want to say run more for fun, but like, yeah, maybe more run by someone who maybe is the real real first attempt at a business, Um, which is fine. You know, everyone starts somewhere. Right. So but but you're right. I mean, the the projects where there's teams that are like established, whether it's in the Web3 space or just, you know, proper businessmen or women, um, you know, it's, mm-hmm. I think that's going to shift. And I, I think that's going to become more important to people just because building a business is not easy and understanding branding and marketing and um, feedback from the community and just how to pivot. Like, I, you know, when, when I started this, I, I, w- I started um, my kind of entrepreneurial quest when I was 24 is when I started working for myself, basically right out of college. Um, and what I knew that back then compared to what I know now, is like, I mean, they couldn't teach that in 50 years of college, right? And so like, the experience that you get actually running businesses and learning how all this shit works is, uh, is priceless. And y- there's just no amount of YouTube videos you can watch if you're an 18 year old kid that's never done it, that's going to teach you how to do it. And and that's, yeah. not, that's not me hyping myself up. But it's like, um, I, I think you see that like, look at Frank with um, D-Gods, you know, he had He had a startup that he was already involved with, Um, and you know, although he's quite young, like I also think younger kids these days have a uh, a little bit of an edge where they can. uh, There's a lot more information out there, right? And you can start Mm -hmm. earlier, start making money earlier. Um, But he's kind of been through it, and he knows how to speak as a leader. He knows how to build. Um, And yeah, I mean, I think that is going to become very important. But it's interesting because, you know. I had actually planned on doxing because I thought my background and what I do would be um, just super beneficial for people to like, you know, to build that trust with everybody. Um, and then we blew up so fast. I started talking to like some of our advisors and like Hydra and everybody. And they're like, do not dox. Like like establish yourself with people in the community, like do spaces, do podcasts, make, make it so people can trust you or they feel like they can trust you. But at this point when, you know, now we have 340,000 followers on Twitter, like, that's a Perfect. lot of, yeah, that's a lot of eyes on this project, right? Like we were hacked mm-hmm. the third day, you know, I gotta, I gotta look out for myself, my family, my friends, like uh, my, my other businesses got, you know, if, if, if everyone knew what businesses I ran and let's say, let's say there's someone that's just pissed cause they can not get whitelist. If they go and start commenting on my businesses, like we have a big problem. Right. Um, yeah, I, I mean, shit, I like, don't
0: think, and I don't think it's necessary to, especially in this space, you know, right. like. Privacy is one of the most important things to people in the crypto space that, like, some people want to dox and that's completely fine and others don't. And that's also fine as well. Like, I don't I don't really find it more bullish necessarily if you have or if you haven't. I just think it's like, is the team going to deliver? Yes. Okay. Or they are delivering. All right. That's the only thing that matters.
1: Yeah. And, and there's a lot of red flags with those, like, projects that don't dox and are, ob- like, probably a rug as well. And like, you know, right. Yeah. I don't think we have any of those. Like, I mean, we, again, we're, we're docs to like magic Eden, we're docs to Hydra. I I had a video call with big brain. Like if, if we ever did some like messed up shit any of them could out me, um, a lot of people have my personal phone number. Frank has my personal phone number. Like it it, it would. Yeah. And that's the kind of rapport we're trying to build. We're trying to make it known that like, yes, we're not going to tell 300,000 of you exactly who I am. Um, Mm -hmm. but, the important people that are already trusted in the space know exactly who i am and could ruin my life if i if i you know for sure tried, yeah. tried to mess around so
0: and i think that's i think what you guys are doing is a good like happy medium so mm-hmm. to
1: speak exactly um, yeah
0: for sure um so inspiration for trip and apes specifically like you guys went with the uh the monkey theme, obviously, yeah. <laughs> like the the psychedelic theme as well, which I think is pretty big in the crypto space. It seems like a lot of people, a lot of people vibe with that. But what made you guys decide on on this specifically?
1: Uh, yeah, a few things. I mean, for, for one, it was really surprising to me that no one had done like a proper psychedelic project as like a PFP. Anyways, like I know there was um, there was NF NF tabs and um tripping, trippy bunny but i don't even i don't really think their art is like psychedelic art it's cool mm-hmm. but it's it's kind of different so i was just shocked that no one had done it um, and i literally spent like the 5 months i was working on it like god i hope no one front runs me he on does this shit. In the yeah. Meantime. yeah and it, it luckily didn't happen but um so again my background is in throwing owning and throwing electronic festivals um, and mostly in the base world i do a lot of stuff outside of it one one of my festivals has a lot of it. Like uh, mainstream hip hop, but um, the the base world is very connected into the psychedelic culture. So, and, and before I was a festival owner at twenty four, I was a festival fan first and a music fan. So um, psychedelics just has always they've always been around my life. I can't say I was ever like a dude that you know I, I never went too deep. I know my limits. I use them responsibly as like more of a tool than anything, rather than for like sure. so much for partying. Um, but yeah even even when I kind of slowed down on that like it's still a literally a part of my everyday life like the, the music is psychedelic we hire psychedelic artists to live paint and like um, so that that connection has just always been there with me um and then the ape thing um so you know it's funny because a lot of people are like you know oh I'm sick of eight, eight projects and you know uh, no more eight projects but people always buy them so it's like um, right. for us, it was like, yeah, okay, there's a couple loud people saying that, but at the end of the day, I don't think a lot of people really care that much. Um, and we actually went through d- damn near every animal in the kingdom to like think of another animal and we just didn't think any of them would have the impact an ape does and mostly because they're like so human-like, you know, and they're just always portrayed as human-like. So yeah. we just thought it would truly be like funniest to have the ape as the trip and uh the trip and avatar. Uh, yeah.
0: I was going to say the same thing. I mean, I think these projects where like it doesn't necessarily have to be a human itself, but I think if they're like humanesque characteristics, then people can really like vibe with it and it's like all right, this is my pfp, like I think it's cool versus if it was like completely like just a straight up looking an animal that doesn't look anything like a human or have like a hoodie or sunglasses or a right. pipe or whatever. Like, I don't know. You, I feel like people don't connect with it as much unless it does have some type of human-esque characteristics. So to speak.
1: Yeah. And, and like we tried, like, I think what was the one, I think we were on like sloths for a second where we're like, this could be cool. Like people like sloths. They think they're a funny animal, but then we like, we actually made some art and it's just like, this doesn't, this doesn't work. Like they don't have a big enough face for expressions, and like, it, yeah, just the whole thing didn't work. And I mean, the, the funny thing about the uh, like any ape haters is like go on Magic Eden and look up any animal. You know, they're they're all over. Really, really, the ape haters are out there because Board Ape did it, and they did it well, right? But like, mm-hmm. in my opinion, I hope I don't offend anyone. This I don't think. Well, I don't think um, Solana has a Board Ape yet. Now. Okay, bears is awesome. Like they, they, they could, they very well could be that. Um, and D Gods is is incredible. I'm a D Gods holder and a hu- I mean, like a huge supporter of what they're they're doing. Um, and so, like one of them probably will be, or you know, I maybe us, I don't know. But um, I just think that a lot of people got get weird about apes because of Board Ape, and they're like, okay, you're you're doing a quote unquote derivative of mm-hmm. NFT project that's ever existed, but um, you know, we look at it like we're on a different, you know, we're on a different chain, and um, it's it's certainly different art. Like, you know, obviously our art is very different than Board Ape, um, so we don't we don't look at it as a derivative. If other people do, yeah. that's fine, but um, we, we think it's certainly different enough. And there's a lot of Board Ape derivatives that literally use the exact Board Ape ape. So, like, right. you know, yeah. like we we didn't want to do that. I don't even think they our artist like at this the time color scheme or whatever. Yeah, our artist was not into NFTs. Like. I he probably knew what board apes were. I don't think he knew what they looked like. So like mm-hmm. when he drew this, he just he just drew it. Um, so, yeah. yeah, I mean
0: Yeah, I mean yeah. I think I think they look sweet. And also, I don't know, I kinda get tired with the whole comparison thing in general where it's like, all right, is this gonna be the next this? Is this the next punks? Is this the next board apes? And it's like right. I think projects on Solana can make a name for themselves where other people are then like, all right, what's the next D gods? What's the next okay Mm -hmm. bear? Like, I don't know. I feel like that is what the, the aim should be to be the first of your kind versus, um, just trying to be like the different chain version of something already successful, like pave your own path kind of thing. And I think you guys are kind of doing that.
1: Agreed. And and we are getting lumped in, in a lot of like tweets with okay bears, which, On one end, you know, we're we're three and a half weeks old. So like, I certainly appreciate that. Like that's cool to be compared to a project that has a, you know, 200 floor price and like has crazy amounts of hype. But yeah, I mean, we're not trying to do the same things we're doing. And the the thing about an NFT project is the PFP is the basis of it, but what the team does after it is what sets it apart, right? So we, sure, I guess compare us to whoever you want, but what we're gonna do is gonna be in our own lane uh, completely. Um, Mm -hmm. well, you know, there will be some stuff that we do that's similar. I think there's some roadmap pieces that you, everyone needs to do. Everyone has to have merch, right? But you know, our goal is to have the next, the next level merch. So, but yeah, Yeah. we have, we have a lot of things planned that, um, are are just really not being done. Mm -hmm.
0: Cool. Yeah. And that kind of leads me into my next question, I guess, which you obviously don't need to, uh, leak all the details, but if you could give a, a few things about what you guys think, um, it's going to set you apart a little bit other than the unique art that I think is really sick. I like your guys' lore. You've Mm -hmm. had posted some really cool graphics that your artist is doing, like outside of just the PFPs, like there's been some really cool art, but yeah. What would you say like is going to set you guys apart more than Um, the next?
1: I I think at, at the base level, it's that we are going to tell an entire story um, over a long period of time that intertwines with actual utility. Um, and actually like what we're doing like a lot of projects and again I, I am not at any point I'm not bashing another project I'm just explaining how we're trying to do things differently um, sure. but um, a lot of projects put out you know two three four paragraphs of lore and that's their basis but like our lore is literally a continuing story like I don't know if you've seen our, our journals from Chorals, but they're, they're all continuations of what we said in our lore and it like mm-hmm. breaks it down even more And that's actually our roadmap. And right now, the journal entries are very, um, they're pretty vague, but if you read into them, you can get an idea of what may or may not happen. They will become a little more clear for sure. Um, but so what we're doing, I guess that sets us apart is, um, well, for one, you know, a big focus of this will be a lot of IRL stuff, which, you know, again, a lot of projects say they're going to do some projects have done some stuff. I mean, uh, uh, Stoned Ape d- looks like they had a killer event out in LA. That was awesome. Um, and we want to do that kind of stuff. And we actually want to really like bring the Solana community together with that kind of stuff. So that's a big part of our plans. Um,
0: and it sounds like you guys are positioned pretty well with that, with you being a music festival type of guy and a DJ yeah, and yeah. all that stuff. So it, I feel <laughs> like with it, it holds a little more weight with you saying that with your background versus the – random project saying in real life events merch this yeah. and then it doesn't actually well, ever happens
1: <laughs> yeah i mean and so yeah even merch like all my festivals have merch you know like that's a huge component of festivals so that's a, something i'm also very like in tune with um but um yeah you're right and the the crazy thing is i don't think people understand how difficult it is to throw an event um it seems very easy on paper and you can make an easy one you can rent a club or a bar and you can have a meetup and you can have a dj playing and that's that but that's not the kind of events we're trying to go for like um so um i've i already actually have thrown an nft event i threw um a, a two-day festival in vegas called nft Moonfest, and we have blau and boombox cartel and a bunch of other djs play and that was for my were their pick is that what there were pictures of on uh yeah on yeah. twitter okay yeah, yeah so. that looks sweet yeah so that's why i was able to kind of like people were really confused like wait you guys are a week old And you have like video with Trippin apes on the wall at an NFT event. And it's like, um, I, you know, I suppose that's the benefit of being someone that gets hired to throw NFT events. So, um, but yeah, we do that for our buddies. The ones I was talking about earlier, the hall of fame goat lodge uh, on ETH. Um, You know, and it it was really cool. Like we had a huge, like three, 360 degree um, projection mapped uh, NFT gallery with a stage in there. We had an outdoor stage. We had a, whole vip deck riser for you know any of our vips we had a um i don't even know how to describe this it's basically like this little um structure that you step into and it has cameras all over it and it turns you into an avatar that you can make into an nft so like we all these like cool little active yeah it it was fun we had a lot of cool activations and you know so that's the kind of level like if other projects want to do events cool but like we are trying to do like the next level events like we want solana to come to us and be like yo like we need to partner with you guys on an event although you know when you're at that level you can hire anyone you want to do events i'm not the best at throwing events in the entire country I you right know, um but um i have a lot of experience in it so i know what we can do for our project but could yeah, definitely
0: be the best in the crypto space I, you, you know hopefully it, yeah yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. I, mean, I mean a lot of times how good of an event you can do just comes down to money like i have some festivals that I, or I've worked on some festivals that like money's just not really an issue. So you can hire the best person to do your, your ambiance and your like uh, experience. Right. Whereas some festivals, the budget's so tight. It's like you got the same person that's doing your, um your, your kind of your festival feel and vibe. That's also doing maybe food vendors and some site work and it, it just becomes more difficult. So um, that's why the NFT space, I think, or in the crypto space in general could have some really awesome events. I mean, there's, exchanges and big players that they can toss out a $100,000 sponsorship and it literally does not affect them at all. Um, So yeah, I'm really excited for the future of like how events evolve in in this space. And I think there will be um, just general festivals that are still more, or maybe even presented by like the big players in crypto. Um, And it's kind of weird to me that there's not more sponsorships in that world. I don't know if there's some legalities with it. Actually, no, I don't think there is, but I think we'll mm-hmm. see a lot of that. Um, and then even down to like NFT ticketing, you know, there's 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 a lot of like synergies between the two, especially as someone that builds businesses around them. Like mm-hmm. one of the reasons we kind of went went off so quick is because I kind of built this thing, like how I announced a festival, like a festival lineup, like a lot of pre-planning, a lot of strategy, a lot of like organic versus like, we did some paid stuff, of course. Um, and we just knew, the whole thing with festivals is you want as many people to have a ticket in their hand as possible because they become promoters for you. Like if, yeah. if, if your buddy's going to an event, he's going to tell you, hey, you should come to this event too, right? So if we get 40,000 people in the first couple of days, we just got 40,000 soldiers, right, that are that are going to go to war for us. Um, and, and that was our plan. We, we didn't spend a dollar um, on marketing. Uh, we spent The last dollar we spent on marketing was the day before we launched on Twitter, and we haven't spent anything since.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Um, so you you guys launched on Twitter, what, four weeks ago? Your five weeks? You were Just
1: about, um, yeah, this Tuesday will be four weeks.
0: Okay. And you mentioned before you were kind of working on this whole thing for about five months now. What was the process kind of looking like? The building behind the scenes. A lot of people like to throw around the word building, and they're building in silence. Like, don't worry, the team's building and things like that. But it <laughs> sounds like you guys were doing stuff for... Four months or whatever yeah. it is before even making the Twitter account public. What did that mm-hmm. process look like?
1: It, well, the one thing I will say is we could probably have done it a little quicker, but I also have other businesses to run. You know, I was throwing in a team moon fest during that time as well. So like um, and that that was that was a lot of work. Um, so yes, it was four months, but a lot of it was like, you know, maybe the first two or three weeks we were like conceptualizing, like putting stuff down on paper um you know and I, even at the beginning like we didn't find figure artists right away so like um I think he maybe started working on art late January um but here's an interesting thing that happened um so uh we were working on this we were mostly doing art we were coming up with concepts of uh, how we're gonna do marketing and kind of the story behind the whole thing and um we were actually going to launch on ETH and it's an odd story and I, I'm not happy about it. I'm not happy that we almost <laughs> did that. But um, we had this, we had this dude that was an advisor um, and he really was connected in that world as well as our, our buddies that I threw the NFT fest for. Um, so we have a lot of connections in the ETH world, but ultimately like all of the team is like Solana Dgens, so like a hundred percent. So we had thought about launching on ETH. And then what happened was the market got really shitty in March. And, you know, there was that Fed uh, hike that was being talked about. And then the Russia-Ukraine yeah. war. So we literally, from, like, the middle of March to the middle of April, um, not middle of April, beginning of April, for probably 20, 25 days, we, like, paused. And we, we were still working on art, but we were, like, we're so unsure about this market and what this means for the NFT market that, like, we're going to kind of take a step back and, like, keep slowly working but like we don't want to force anything right um and then my partner danny and i started to get antsy and we're like cause, because because the, the guys we were working with on ETH did not want to launch they were like no we should wait like we should wait a while and we we're like no like we spent so much time on this like you're not as invested in this as we are like we want to get this thing out and um, so finally danny and i were like we sat down we talked we're like we are solana people through and through like we know the Solana ecosystem. We can do this without them. Um, let's just pivot back to what we were originally going to do. Let's go on Solana and do what we know. And so, again, yeah, beginning of April, we started, like, really gearing up towards this again. Um, and, yeah, went live on the 19th. But that whole process, a lot of it was obviously working through traits. I mean, we have probably had, man, three to 400 traits done. And I think the collection, don't quote me on this. I want to say it's like 125 to 135, something around there in traits. Wow. Um, yeah. We actually didn't want to go through too many. It kind of makes rarities weird and stuff. But um, Right. If everything is super yeah, rare. <laughs> right. So we feel good about that number. Um, but we went through so many traits. And um, so we did a lot of that in the planning process. We came up with a lot of the lore. We actually had one kind of lore vibe. And then we went with this like, cultish not a cult thing um, yeah. like like three weeks before like I came up with that idea I was like what if it's like this what if it's like there's a leader and everything feels very cultish but it's not a cult um, and, and that's kind of our tagline and and, um, and and you know that's been like super fun like the whole thing about this from the inception was when I thought about tripping apes I thought man this community is gonna be like super super fun if, if absolutely anything the community is gonna be amazing. Um, and and we've seen that, like that actually turned out to be true, which I I love. And so that, that cultish lore that we have just makes it even more fun. Um, and I think people like really understand that and really grasp to it. It's so, yeah, it's been awesome. So it was like art planning, marketing planning, which the marketing strategy took me like two full months to kind of put together. Um, and then obviously utility planning and stuff like that.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And back to the tagline thing, I feel like a lot of communities really rally around that. Like the bears have wag bow now we're yeah. gonna be okay and yeah I, I think that that can do a lot for a community
1: yeah yeah 100 it's just like it's just like slow you know it's like nike just do it right it's it all right that that's that that type of tagline has been the, the oldest thing in the book like um mm-hmm. and so yeah that kind of stuff emojis something you can put in your um your twitter name like and we we captured all that you know like we were really diligent about like figuring out what we wanted to do for all those things uh well before we launched so um yeah we think that stuff's kind of kind of become very important with the branding
0: Mm -hmm. yeah and we we touched on this a tiny bit before and and maybe this is just my hopium but you guys did you said some of the guys wanted to say wait on the launch hold off market conditions aren't great you guys decided to go for it i personally think that's probably the right idea and from being around since 2017 after all these big nukes that we have in crypto, it seems like we always get the long period of consolidation where everyone gets bored. Um, and instead of like going outside of crypto to try and trade Forex or try and trade equities or whatever it is, I think NFTs could be the answer to kind of fix a little bit of that. Um, and I think that could be where people go, when the market's super boring so i i do think it's possible that nfts perform pretty well here and there during a like bear market or whatever you want to call it you know it's all terminology but yeah Yeah, i think i think there's a lot of potential
1: it's it's kind of like its own culture right and and that was how it was with shit coins and you know i guess for anyone that doesn't know like shit coins we just you're referred to kind of the the safe moons. And back then it was Shiba. Sheba is almost more of a standard coin now, but still right. kind of a shit coin. But, um, you know, it was like baby doge and like all this random crap that would come out. And we used to trade the shit out of that when the market was down because there was new ones that launched every day. They would do 10 X in two or three days. And so like there's these little segments of crypto that really don't give a shit where the actual crypto market's at and mm-hmm. I, I like to find myself in those for one they're more fun um and two yeah they're kind of a little more resilient like they just it, it just doesn't really matter there's always a market for it because there's always new shit coins there's always new nft projects that will print um there's not always new coins on coinbase that are going to make x's so um yeah, yeah, I, yeah think, are, I think the same
0: they are super resilient when the market's just ranging On days when Bitcoin drops 10%, obviously, everything's going to be hit. Right. But then in the aftermath of that, if Bitcoin's in a tight range for three, four, five months, who knows what it is? Like, people are going to be looking for other stuff to do. And honestly, NFTs are just fun. Like, you have a piece of art that basically is your token, and you're hanging out in a Discord, and, like, all this stuff might sound stupid to most people, but, like, that's what... That's what people
1: are looking for, you know. It's super fun. Like, I I don't know. I mean, everyone wants to be a part of a community, right? And and I think a lot of these people like, you know, maybe there are a lot of like people that don't have a lot of social interaction. And I think it's an awesome opportunity to like literally meet people. I've met people in Discord that are like my homies now. Um, you know, and um like a lot of our team we met through Discord. Um, and and we know them personally now, but um it's yeah, it's a cool space for that. And um actually, yeah, just to back up on kind of that timing thing. like when when we decided to announce, we also had that thought of like because the 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 guy we were working with on eth was like he's like, um let's let's just keep waiting. maybe it'll be maybe you launch in May, maybe you launch in June, maybe September. And we're like, we don't know what the market's gonna be like in that. you know it could be it could be destroyed. We don't know. Um, so yeah, we we made the decision to launch for sure and we because again, we just knew there's still people that stick around that like it that are having fun with it and you know there's probably a good chance that we lost a a little chunk of people in the past week right that are just like maybe they lost a lot of money they need to step away which is fine hopefully they come back but um you know people are being onboarded every day i have probably i've literally probably at least gotten at least 50 of my friends or family members in the discord and you know not all of them will give a shit about any other projects but like I have some that are texting me now, like they're like, "Oh, are you are you minting lizards today? Like, or you know, are you, are you doing this?" I'm like, "Bro, you didn't even know what an NFT was or a Phantom Wallet was like two weeks ago." Like, right. I'm, I'm still see you in here, you know, doing this, and, yeah. and they're coming all the time, whether it's through a project or just a, a, an NFT fanatic that wants their homies in and wants them to come up. So, um, yeah, I I just don't see it going anywhere anytime soon. It's too much fun, truly.
0: Yeah, it really is. Um, cool. So I guess on the topic of the market and nuking recently and all that, do you guys kind of think of your mint price in terms of soul or USD when you decide on that or a little bit of both? Because I think your mint price is still, uh, still to be determined right now.
1: Yeah. And you know, we would have loved to like, been, we would have loved to been given more, be able to get more information about like, um, all this stuff, mint date, mint price way in advance, but like with the market where it's at, like we don't want to, we don't want to give our mint price out, or excuse me, yeah, mint price or date out two, three weeks in advance, and all of a sudden everything's screwed, and we have to stick by what we we're gonna save, but now all of a sudden we're making 70% less of our raise, and we have like, the day we get our money, we have a lot of expenses. Um, and you know, whether it's our, our partners, some some of our team members that are being paid on percentages, um, I don't want to say this. I guess the, the first big thing we're doing after Mint, um, like, yeah, we, we, we just couldn't do it super far out. So we're watching and observing. The Mint is going to be pretty soon. Um, and we are kind of at that point where it's like, you know, we, we have been in a lot of talks with a lot of other projects who are starting to talk about pegging their price because next week's Soul could be 20 bucks. Next week, it could be 90. You know, you just never know in this market.
0: Yeah, um, it is It is really tricky, especially like not all the work you do is within the soul space. Like some people, let's say if you have merch coming soon after, or if you have like someone making a video or you're planning an event for down the road, it's like, all right, how are we supposed to budget when our raise could change how much we actually get by like 20, 30, 40%. So I, right. think, I think a lot of people who kind of understand everything that has to go on behind the scenes definitely uh, are going to be okay with not knowing the mint price until closer. And like, yeah, if soul's 80 bucks, a two soul mint's 160 with soul at $50, a three soul mint is still (laughs) below that in terms of USD. And so, I mean, people like to say one soul equals one soul, which like, it yes, that is true, but the purchasing power of that changes a lot.
1: Yeah, um, and and that's and, tricky because like I think a lot of people are under the impression these projects just pay everything in soul. Like, I mean, we have a pretty nice lawyer bill that <laughs> you know we have to pay that <laughs> that that is not being paid in soul. He doesn't care if soul's at forty or fifty bucks right now. But I tell him, but dude, it's going to be at two hundred dollars one day. That doesn't that doesn't matter to him. No, um, it doesn't work. You know. Yeah,
0: and if soul. If even if he was like, all right, we're gonna pay you uh this much money, if soul drops by 40%, you're not gonna be able to pay him a 40% discount on the original like agreed upon price. So, definitely is a tricky thing, especially when there's this much volatility. But I think uh waiting until closer to the midday isn't much of an issue at all. Like, people, I mean, <laughs> everyone knows it's not gonna be like 20 soul, and it's also not yeah. gonna be like half a soul. Um, yeah
1: what, so, what we're trying to do is we so when Seoul was around a hundred dollars we had a and, and it, that was if i remember right it was pretty consistently around there for a while so we had, <laughs> and had
0: also was most recently there like 10 days ago
1: <laughs> yeah right you know so we had had a raise in mind and we have our allocation in mind for that um so we um yeah we had this all sorted out and like then it dropped at one point 60 percent. you know so we had to kind of scramble and like think how can we still mint and make what we need to make so we don't sa- like sacrifice our vision for the project um and so it's weird though because like you know three soul is now still only 150 bucks like uh, projects were minting well over 200 usd value forever but that how the optics looks of three four five soul mint Um, to people is weird like and it's tricky because we're one of the first like big mints that is minting during this so like we don't want to be the trendsetters to be like we're charging you know seven soul which we would never do but just for an example you know like but if soul stays at 40 50 bucks for the next three four months you will see three to five soul mints all the time it'll just become common i mean like
0: a seven soul mint now is 350 bucks versus when soul was $200. That's like a 1.7 soul mint, which like people would have thought that was a little on the pricey end, but I would say there'd be more pushback for a seven soul mint at these prices than one and three fourths, like six months ago or something. So
1: which which really is People have been holding it, right? They've been holding their soul. It's lost value. But the way I always kind of try and think about it, well, if it makes you better... Feel better. Buy two hundred dollars of soul with USD, you know, and and right. buy your four soul, and then it doesn't feel like you're you're selling that or you're uh, yeah you're selling this uh, or buying with this precious soul that at one point you had that was worth two hundred bucks. Like if that yeah. makes you feel better, do that. But because no matter how you slice it, the 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 USD value is the same. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it's tricky. I, I really hope that one soul equals one soul narrative goes away because it affects projects in times like this right. um, and I, I don't see as much of it. I saw someone post yesterday and I was like it's like dude you know better than this like um, <laughs> but you know I think I also think that's like an engagement thing where people are like yeah man for sure one soul equals one soul um, yeah it's like, like a,
0: don't worry that you're down 80% in terms of USD you still <laughs> have your soul it's yeah. all good.
1: Yeah, one soul doesn't feel as cool to me anymore as one soul used to at two hundred and fifty bucks. So I can say that much.
0: Yeah. Um, So one of the other big things, like when I talk to people about Trippin' apes, they're like, "Oh man, there's so many like bots going for these giveaways Mm -hmm. and things like that, and the engagement is just absolutely insane." um so is it like is it difficult to deal with bots that are just making a ton of accounts that try and win the giveaways i mean it all yeah it means that there's obvious demand for it if people are going through all that work to try and win it but
1: well it's it's weird because like that obviously happens and that's always happened i think we're seeing it happen more um you know the nice thing is like a twitter audit on our profile on like any site um I think the most I saw on one of them was 7,000 bot followers. And that wow. is out of 30, you know, th- what is it? 300,000 or whatever. K, which yeah. is kind of cool. One thing about that is we just passed doodles on Twitter, which is kind of cool. That's crazy. Um, but again, yeah, we, we we understand. We get it. Like we understand that contests are a part of building. Contests will attract some people that don't give a shit about the project and just try to win. Um but what are we supposed to do? Just not do them, you know, and not build our page up. So um it's it's annoying that they're out there. We would I would I would rather have hundred and fifty K followers that are one hundred percent pure not bots.
0: Active people yeah. who like want yeah. to be a part of the community. Yeah. yeah.
1: And we but we still get great engagement. Like on a non-contest post, we get, you know, we posted one a few the other thousand day. likes or yeah, whatever. You, I looked at Gary V's post the other day, he has three million followers. He gets couple hundred likes on his posts yeah you know so like i still feel really good about like our engagement um i've seen some people saying we we're buying uh followers and engagement and all this stuff and I, I don't know if these people have never ran a big social profile before but that is the, one of the most devastating things you can do to your social right. media accounts like because it, it, let's say let's say uh i don't know what it is anymore but let's say three percent of people it's probably not that let's say 3% of people that follow you see your posts. If you buy half your followers now only one and a half of your percent of your real followers are seeing your posts at max. So like mm-hmm. you just crushed half your engagement. So like right. the fact that people think we would do that, I could get why they would assume that.
0: But honestly, yeah, they haven't seen engagement like this in a long time. And like I yeah. said, at the beginning of the episode, like this is one of the most hyped up mints I can remember for, for quite some time.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I I think people are like faulting us for it, you know, like, um, but we're not, you know, we run a contest on our page. We're trying to do like, at one point we were doing like every other day. Now we're trying to do like one, like one every three days. Yeah, we have some influencer stuff out there that they're doing contests, but God, we have every influencer literally begging to do a contest.
0: Yeah. They're like, um, so, I want those fifty thousand followers, even if some of them are fake.
1: You, you know, and I'm not going to go and like again toot my own horn, but it's has been crazy. I mean, the, the influencers are mes- messaging us, like being like, "Holy shit, dude! I got twenty five thousand followers. Running a contest for you guys." Um, and That's again, crazy. like, yeah, there are there are people that have multiple accounts just to try to win these things. That's unavoidable. But um, I don't think that people should be out there like taking away our hype because of that, because There's a reason why people are trying to bot our contests, right? It's because it it, it is hype. So
0: there's a lot of demand.
1: Yeah. There's real or like organic, like true hype for this thing. So like look past that shit. And and we don't we don't ever sit around and like I mean, I did say that thing about doodles, which it's just kind of cool. I don't really care about the numbers that much. And we will post when we pass certain milestones, but like we are not basing this on how big our Twitter is and thinking we're gonna be the king shit because we have a really big Twitter account. We understand that's not how it works. Like, right. I mean, look and it's at just fun. Guys, like you it's know? cool
0: to see things grow, you know, yeah. like you're, yeah. you have the right to get excited about that, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. We think it's exciting. And so, but I'm sure you've noticed it's, it's a thing now. And I think it's honestly because these influencers are getting really big. Um, right. The, the, the numbers of these influencers are huge. Um, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm not saying that's because of ours. I'm saying that's because of a lot of them. Like, um, you know, there's a lot of other projects right now. There's one that started right around when we did. They're like 140,000 followers, you know? Um, and I mean, OK Bears, I don't even know what they have, 130 or something like 130,000. Um, mm-hmm. But I guess, you know, for anyone listening, I want people to understand that, like, we don't sit around and go, how can we get way more followers? Like, how can we get to half a million? That's not what we sit around and focus on. We We, we have to do marketing and we have to push our message, but the the idea for us is not to blow this page up and like like i said we want we want people that really are interested in this project more than anything for sure
0: yeah and i think i think any pushback or any hate that you guys get about like oh it's all fake engagement like i think as soon as this project mints and it's on magic eden and people are like oh wait this volume is actually crazy like you're not faking that so right i think that's when uh that's when people would kind of take a step back on on their their perception yeah. of it think, and be like so all right too. wait a second this might yeah. be this might have real hype <laughs> but I mean, at that point they might be you know, a little late
1: we'll see we'll see how it goes right um you know i i think that i think if we launched our project when okay bears did and we had the same hype we do now the volume probably would have been a little more um you know because again there are some people who are weary of the market but i think things are just in the past, like literally 24 to 48 hours. I think things in at least the Solana NFT market are starting to turn around again. Like, I mean, again, okay. Bears hit an all time high D gods is, I think I, they're running now. I think they're on the edge of like a serious like, run. Almost three,
0: Yeah. They've, they've been, they've been crushing it for sure. Yeah.
1: So like, I think when, when things like that start moving, people start to think, okay, we're back, you know, like everything's good. Like let's start buying into these suckers, you know? So, um, and the one thing I will say about Okay Bears I really don't like the comparison cuz I don't want people to go you know Okay Bears did like what 500k in like a week uh,
0: insane. Volume, I mean, you insane know? it was it was unprecedented
1: it, it was and I don't want people to be like these guys only did 200k in a week like they what the fuck they got they yeah. suck you know like um I, I people need to understand that like it's a different time for one and every project's different and what every project does long-term is different. So, um, we're not like, we're not super focused on that kind of stuff. Um, we just, we're, we're just focused on the cool shit we're trying to do.
0: Yeah. Love it. Um, last one, and then I'll, uh, I will wrap this up, but where do you kind of see the NFT space as a whole going from here? or How do you see it integrating into real life or developing, um, just yeah, just kind of curious about mm-hmm. what you what you, where where you think the space is going.
1: Um, well, one thing I will say is, if you're just kind of an average Joe and you want to do a project, do it soon because I think the big money's coming in. I think the and we've seen some stuff, right? Like the Adidas and and uh, Board Ape stuff, and and I think Adidas Adidas has their own collection, right? Like we're gonna see more of these like big players come in the scene, um, but I think there will always be a space for like the guys who are actually in the scene right like we've seen celebrities do projects and jesus christ like those are they're they're probably terrible yeah right so um but i do think not only i think big like big studios will come in like big branding companies like there's going to be people that come in and i don't know if i want to say try and capitalize on it as much as like be a part of it which i think is cool you know like um that's what brings mainstream adoption you know like coachella did and and a T pass for life uh, this year, (laughs) you know, Um, but but like, I I think, I think it, it, you know, it's the classic quote, right? We're early. Like this is brutally early. Like this is a minuscule dot on a map right now for, for where this thing I think is going to go. And now a year from now, it might be totally different. We might not give a shit about PFP collections. I don't think that's the case, but everything changes so fast. But I think, big money will come in i think it's i don't i think it's only going to get more mainstream and you know like gary vee always has that quote where he says 99 percent of them are going to zero and you know over five years that could be the case and and what people need to understand is most most businesses actually do fail so like that's not a crazy thing to say but um there will be just more collections more big money more like proper people in the space um but as far as like you know, if we're if we're just talking about Solana, I mean, God, what's happened in the past month has been insane. Like with the amount of ETH people coming over here, like we would never have gotten to the numbers we got to without ETH people. And we have had so many ETH projects reach out, like big ETH projects. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I here, actually here's one point I would like to make about where I think the scene or the space will be. Um, I hope that it's just more of a NFT space rather than the ETH NFT space and a soul NFT space. I hope it's just like, you know, today I have this ETH mint I'm going for and in, you know, in, in two days I'm trying the soul mint. And like I hope it's gonna become more of one thing, which I think is great that OpenSea has Solana on it now. Um I think I maybe heard something about ETH on Magic Eden. I, I can't remember. Yeah, maybe. I think they're playing around with that. Okay, yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. I just hope it becomes like it's just the NFT space um, and we don't, you know, we need to kind of lose this like ETH maxi and soul maxi thing, which I, I suppose I am, um, I, I am a part of that, but I'm never like, you know, fuck ETH, like I hate ETH, like that. It's right. not like that. I just know the soul space. So I stay within that, but everything is seeming to starting to be overlapping, which I think is great. So,
0: um, yeah, especially in the last few weeks or the last month, yeah, it seems yeah, like I things mean, are starting to come together.
1: I think the D gods run and the bears, uh, the whole bears launch brought people in. Like, cause they're realizing like, oh shit, like, okay, you can actually make money over here and there's actually good projects over here. Um, right. this isn't where people just launch a project cause they're not prepared. But the one thing I will say is it's really hard to get noticed on ETH. Like I, I it seems like a lot of them, like, you know, build up mint, not much happens, but if you're a huge project, you can build up in a hundred X, right? So there's, there's higher reward and like, there's also a higher chance that a project won't go anywhere. So, um, yeah, I hope it just kind of unites.
0: Me too. I think that would be really good and it would show the space is maturing a bit more, I think.
1: Agreed. Which, which we could use maybe a little bit of, (laughs) For sure. but not too much. We need to keep that like gen sweetness in there as well.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, I really appreciate it. This has been an awesome episode one to kick off the podcast. Appreciate your time. Um, If there's anything else you want to uh, leave the people with, go for it.
1: The only thing I will say, probably the most important part of the project, the part that needs to be focused on and understood very, very clearly, is it's not a cult. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) <laughs> all right. Thank you so much, man. That was a lot of fun. I appreciate thank it. Thank you. Have a good right. one, bro. Yeah. Peace.
0: Thank you for listening to the Cause and Effect podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, feel free to leave a rating on Spotify or Apple Music. And if you want to stay up to date with all future Cause and Effect content, then hit us with a follow on whatever platform you're using for your podcasts. I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Peace.